Tuesday, April 7th, and you're tuned in to the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast, our daily edition here with Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. I'm Joe Noga, and uh, Paul, we're, uh, we're a, little, a little less than a month into this whole uh, quarantine uh, isolation thing. Uh, how, how, are, how are things going uh, for you? How, how are you dealing with not having baseball on a daily basis right now? Uh, it's strange, Joe. I'm, I'm not doing well. I, I'm doing okay, but I'm, you know, I, I, usually I spend a whole winter like this and I like it. You know, I like being isolated. I like after a, a season, I kind of like, you know, I'm, I like going to hibernation, you know, and, uh, but this is like, uh, I've been in hibernation too long. I gotta, I gotta get out. You're you climbing know? the walls out there, huh? Yeah. So, uh, but Hey, it is what it is. Yeah. You know, you know for, for us, for, for baseball writers, and, and for those of us who sort of set our calendars by the season and, uh, you know, what we do and go into the park and all that, it, it really just sort of pulled the rug out from under us when this hit because we were ramped up and ready to go, and we were two weeks away from, from being full go into that, that sort of marathon. You remember, uh, I remember you, you telling us, you know, so many times that it's a, it's a marathon and not a sprint. And we were all set. We we were conditioned for the marathon, ready to go. And then the the rug got pulled out from under us. And and that's really the the feeling that uh, you're sort of left, you know, just standing there with your palms up, wondering, you know, what's going to happen next. Uh, One of the ways that uh, the Indians and and their partners at Sports Time Ohio and, and, you know, really on on Major League Baseball Network and ESPN as well, but these, uh, these networks that have this sort of, content gap and they've 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 really got no live games to show so they're showing old games and they're they're reliving some some of these these memories of the past and uh you know with social media and you know a captive audience because you know everybody's home sitting on their couch watching anyways uh it's it's led to some some pretty interesting uh evenings just uh these random tweets and these random facebook posts that we've been seeing uh, over the last couple of days, as uh, not only Sports Time Ohio but the other networks are also um, uh, airing these classic games. You know, really, the one that that got me wasn't even a baseball game. It was the they the, when they when they replayed on ESPN the uh, Game Seven of the 2016 NBA Finals, and they notoriously uh, skipped Kyrie's shot at the end of the. Yeah, why did they do that? Game. I have no idea. That's all I saw was on Twitter. What? Where was Kyrie's shot? They, <laughs> could Could you imagine showing Game Six of the 1993 World Series and cutting the commercial right before Joe Carter's walk off home run? Yeah, I yeah. I just don't understand. You know what ESPN's thinking, but you know, hey, they got at least they got the block in there. That's the to me that was the play of the game. That's yeah, you know, even more important than than Kyrie's three, uh, but. Uh, it be, the most impressive part to me of that block, LeBron James on Andre Iguodala to basically save that game, not only did J.R. Smith not commit a foul when he absolutely could have on that play, but uh, the the official, and his name escapes me, and I, I've seen him a, a million times. I think it's Ed Malloy. Ed Malloy, the official running down the court at the time. And, you know, I, I have a soft spot in my heart for, for NBA referees and referees mm-hmm. in general. But, uh, you know, seeing LeBron James coming from across the court and Andre Iguodala actually have, ducking under and, and not making contact with the head 
and not calling goaltending, he could have ruined everything by making a terrible call in that situation. And instead, he let it play out, and it turned out to be the right call not to, not to make a call there. And that really was the difference between the Cavaliers winning the title that year and, and not was Ed Malloy not anticipating and making a bad call, which, which would have you know, prevented the Cavaliers from winning in that, in that situation. To me, yeah. that's, that's the, the biggest moment of that game. Yeah, because I was doing something, but I was following Twitter, and all I kept seeing was, you know, the tweets about Game 7. I said, you know, it's like people were into it. Like, it was really happening. Yeah. You know? it's like, they were really fired up about it. Well, that, that, that's what's happening now is we're, we're all sitting on our couches at night, and if, it's, if, if, if we're not <laughs> watching Tiger King, we're watching, you know, replays of old games that we already know the outcomes to. And I, I despise watching sports on TV that I already know who the, who's won and who's lost. That I can't do that. It it just it it it, it doesn't work with me. But uh, but yeah, you know I, I remember that that 2016 NBA Finals uh, because my mother we were in a cabin actually on vacation, and my mother was in the other room refusing to watch live <laughs> and only going by our reactions out in the living room uh, because she said as long as she's not watching it, huh? as long as she's not watching they were going to do well and she was right uh, the only other thing was uh, I think my my son was was eight at the time and uh, we we had I had just on a feeling I had brought a couple of bottles of cheap champagne uh, with me on the trip and we busted out the bottles of cheap champagne, went outside, outside the cabin, and I popped the cork, and I, I sprayed my kid with the cheap champagne great. for the night. So I actually have a video of that. But that's, that's my favorite memory of the, uh, the 2016 finals. Was, uh, I had to watch that game alone. I, didn't, I couldn't <laughs> be with anybody. I, I, I didn't trust myself. It, it was going to go one of two ways, and the the way it could have gone would have would have ended with something smashed in your house, right? That's, <laughs> yeah. So that was that was that was great. Well, that's like I you know I recall the the 1997 Game Seven of the World Series. I was with uh, one of our coworkers actually, uh, Mike Rose. I, I spent the, the that night watching that game in his dorm room at John Carroll, and uh, it by the time we got to the the end result of that game. Uh, neither one of us were walking upright and <laughs> it, I, the rest of it was just, I, I remember walking behind Mike in the dorm at John Carroll down the hallway and Mike's head was on the wall as he was walking down, he was, he was walking <laughs> sideways. So we, we, we drowned our sorrows that night, uh, pretty significantly. Uh, so, so let's, let's just take a, take a minute here to review some of these games that, that sports time Ohio has gone back and, uh, and re-aired over the last couple of days and just your, your, uh, uh, one or two memories that jump out for you having been basically at, at, at all of these events and, and all these things through, through your lens as a reporter, uh, the, the 1994 home opener, uh, Bill Clinton throws out the first pitch. And uh, Wayne Kirby walks it off with a, 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 a 11th inning base hit that scores Eddie Murray to win the game. First game at, at Jacobs Field. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it was a no hitter. The big unit, Randy uh, Randy Johnson was uh, was like he was he was unhittable, obviously, for until the eighth inning. And I remember, you know, the big the story. 
obviously was Bob Feller sitting in his seat, you know, the <laughs> Hall of Famer Bob Feller, only man to throw a no-hitter on opening day. And he's sitting there, you know, watching his place in history. He's going to have to shove over for the for the big unit. And uh, finally, Sandy, Sandy Alomar gets the hit. I think it was the eighth inning and uh, took the pressure off and the Indians won it. So, uh, but uh, that's, I just remember every reporters between innings, you know, we'd go up and talk to Feller and Feller goes, ah, no problem. You know, he, he was, <laughs> you know, records are made to be broken, but you knew, you know, if you knew uh, Rapid Robert, he, uh, he loved his records. I think he wanted to keep them all too. Well, it, it doesn't surprise me that, uh, you know, the reporters were all sort of nervous in there because he he was definitely a presence back in those days, the the early days of the ballpark, right? He, well, he, he was like press right, up all the time. The, right up to the year he died. He was, you know, the, we've, we've got a, you know, the Indians in the BBWA made that seat for him, you know, kind of he's got his own seat still up there, the mm-hmm. Bob uh, Feller Memorial seat. And he sat there. I mean, he was there. I, You know, some, some Hall of Famers, you know, when or some players when they retire they retire you know you don't see them right. again but you couldn't keep bob away from the ballpark he he loved it he loved talking and uh every time you talked to him it was like uh you know you were getting a a history lesson in baseball it was he could remember stuff it was it was it was amazing well i i remember the first spring training i ever went to uh down in winter haven and and Feller was there every game in at the uh, at the ballpark. The the announcer would would announce, "Hey, there's Hall of Famer Bob Feller." And Feller's he's God, he had to be in his 80s. He's down on the field, you know, playing catch with Omar Vizquel, right? Yeah. It's like Jesus, he's he's a hundred million years old, and he's down on the field in full uniform. Yeah, not just like not like Bermuda shorts and a and a and you know and a and sunglasses. He's down there in full. 1948 uniform, rocking back and firing with Omar. It's like, yeah. what the hell's going on? Yeah, he, he would always. We'd be writing in the press room, and he'd he'd be in there talking to us, and he goes, and he'd go, "Well, it's time to go put the monkey suit on," and he'd go in the <laughs> locker room, <laughs> put his uni on, and go out. People loved him. He loved that too. He, I think that kept him young. Yeah. Uh, one of the games that they, they just recently showed uh, um, on Sports Time, they showed the 1995 uh, Division Series, uh, game one against Boston. That one went 13 innings. Tony Pena with the walk-off home run. Albert Bell with the RBI double and a, and a home run there in that game. And the, the famous flex after, uh, yeah. after uh, was it Kennedy, Kevin Kennedy? Yeah, Kevin Kennedy. Confiscated yeah. the bat, had the bat confiscated. Uh, that's what I remember from that game. I. I remember watching that game in my dorm room freshman year of college. The freshman year of college? No, it was sophomore year. My dorm room sophomore year of college, uh, and you know, having having a couple of uh, uh, drinks that we got smuggled to us <laughs> in the dorm room, and then watching Albert Bell flex and just jumping up off the couch because that was the the best part of that uh, that game for me was was the Albert Bell flex. Yeah, you know, and I we that was on Saturday night I watched it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I they made a bobblehead out of that. That was great. Yeah, oh, yeah, that was great. That was a great moment. They sawed the bat in half, you know, right there. You know, like two minutes after they confiscated it, they had that thing sawed in half. It wasn't corked. Uh, <laughs> yeah, for it was one of the ones that wasn't. <laughs> and uh, 
And I forgot how mad Hargrove was because he was pointing at Kennedy, you know, when he was like, uh, because what, in 94, Albert had got caught with the, uh, right. with the cork pad in, in Chicago. So that was the whole was, Jason Grimsley incident, the uh, Mission yeah. Impossible. Yeah. And, I, you know, the other thing I forgot about that game is in the 12th, the Indians load, had the bases loaded with, with nobody out and couldn't right. score. Right. You know, right. I, I forgot all, you know, the, but, you know, with, uh, with Tony Payne, I talked to him a, a while ago, about three or four or five years ago about that. And he said when his kids dropped him off, dropped him off for the game, for that game, he goes, you know, uh, watch your old man. I think I'm, I got a feeling I'm going to, I'm going to do something special tonight. And this is a guy that didn't even start. Yeah, I was going to say. didn't even That's... start the game. And, uh. You know, he what he, he he came in for Sandy for what the tenth or the eleventh inning, something like right. that. And, and three always swinging three zero. That was, and I I remember uh, the deadlines. We blew all the deadlines, you know, because right. ended at two oh nine. And uh, you know, I I'm thinking, you know, am I supposed to write a game story or what? And Roy Hewitt was the sports editor. He goes, you got about five minutes to write a game story. You, know, <laughs> you better put your hands on them, put your fingers on the keys and type. Don't. <laughs> so that was, questions. that was a yeah. crazy night. Wow. I, I remember the, the weather wasn't all that great either. It was, it was, it, was no, like it kept a, raining on and off. On and like, off rain and just really crummy uh, the, weather the night. The start but, of the game was delayed. Then, you know, there's like two or three delays during the game. It was – but, yeah. you know, that was their first – it was a hell of a game. It was a great game. It was their first playoff game in Cleveland in what, like 50-some years as yeah, well, right? 41 years since the, years. Since the uh, uh, 54 World 54 Series. 54 World Series, yeah. Uh, yeah, you point out that, um, that Hargrove was upset about the, the, the bat being confiscated. That's the first thing I look for in, in replays of that is – uh, Hargrove coming out to talk to the umpire, and then as he's walking back to the dugout, pointing into the Boston dugout and just dropping an f bomb. Yeah, I know exactly what he told him. Yeah. Oh, that was great. <laughs> Love it. Love Hargrove in that situation. Uh, they replayed the '95 ALCS Game Six against uh, Seattle. So I watched on on MLB Network. They showed Seattle beating uh, New York in the division series with the. Um, the double by Edgar Martinez and Griffey coming around to score the walk-off run in that game. Uh, you know, that's got to be the highlight for Seattle because after that, it's nothing but brutal uh, replays for, for the Mariners against the Indians. Uh, the 95 uh, ALCS, Kenny Lofton coming around to score from second base on a pass ball uh, was, was, was really the, the signature moment of that game. Oh yeah, that was uh, that was a that was another game, and that was the clincher, right? I mean, right, right. That's uh, you know, Dennis Martinez. I just rem he you know pitched the game of his life, um, and a, a funny story, you know, in in when they advanced to the World Series, in uh, he he started Game Six against the Braves, mm -hmm. and um, he missed the bus, missed the team bus, so to the to to that game, so me. Uh, Bud Shaw and Bill Livingston were staying at the same hotel as the Indians. We gave him a ride to the ballpark. Oh man! He's sitting in the back seat. He's sitting in the back seat with Livingston. Bud Shaw's driving. I'm riding shotgun, and and he's telling us, you know, nobody thought I was going to win that game. You know, game six. <laughs> nobody thought. You know, 
David versus Goliath. <laughs> It was wow. And then we we drove right up under the stadium and said, we've got the starting pitcher here. We dropped them off. Holy jeez. <laughs> you dropped off you dropped off the starting pitcher for game six of the World Series. <laughs> yeah. That you were his chauffeur. That see, these are things that we did not know about you, Paul. <laughs> that's that's pretty amazing. Uh <laughs> it was was he was Livy giving him any tips or anything like that? No, Livingston, you know, like you know, Livingston always when he you know when he went to a big event, he was always he'd always say you know, hey, I'm I'm working without a net tonight. I'm you know no deadline. There's a deadline. I'm working without a net, and he had the you know he had the story of his life back there. You know, with oh, talking geez. to talking to Martinez. So he had his early story. He had, he had his story set one way or the other. He'd already written it before so he, he got was, to the press box. He was a happy man when he got to the press box. Wow, there you go. Uh, they replayed the 1997 All-Star Game, uh, Sandy Alomar's MVP performance in, in that one uh, with the, the home run off of Sean Estes that uh, gave the American League the, the victory. Uh, I, I, I remember from that game, the uh, Randy Johnson versus John Cruck at bat. Oh yeah, right. Was was that in that game or was that in? That was there was one in Baltimore. That I was think in they, Baltimore. Yeah, this is Larry was Walker. That was Larry Walker. Larry Walker. You're right. It was Larry Walker. It was Larry Walker. It was it was John Cruck versus um, John, Randy Johnson the year before in, yeah. in Baltimore, and then in Cleveland, uh, Larry Walker stepped up yeah. and he turned his batting helmet around and batted right handed. Right, right. Because he didn't want to face him left-handed. Yeah, that's yeah. what I remember from that one. Yeah, that was funny. And then Sandy, that that was Sandy's year, man. That was he had the thirty-game hitting streak. He, you know, he was the All-Star MV, All-Star Game MVP. Uh, he he could have been uh, drove in nineteen runs during the during the postseason that year, and uh, maybe could have would have been the MVP of. Well, no, OJ was going to be the MVP of the World Series if they right. won it, but. Uh, uh, just had a great, great year, career year. And then the thing about it, I think uh, Robbie won was the All Star Game MVP the next year. So the brothers, I think, won it back to back. The Alamo back, back years, yeah. Uh, the uh, the other one I wanted to mention here, they showed the uh, in in I believe it was two thousand one the the twelve run comeback against uh, again victimizing uh, the Seattle fans. There uh, seems to be all the the Indians highlights against Seattle. Uh, down 12 runs and the Indians rally, uh, come back and win it. Uh, was it 14, 14, 13? Yeah. Some the final. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, Omar Vizquel had the, uh, the big, uh, uh, base clearing triple that I believe tied the game. And then Holber Cabrera had the, yeah, the, the broken back single, the broken back single that scored Kenny Lofton. Yeah. And to, then Eddie uh, Thomas, he picked up Lofton. Almost yeah, flipped at, him on his head. Almost knocked him off, left, dropped him off his head. <laughs> I remember, I remember the ninth inning. I think the bases were loaded, and uh, they were down by three, maybe. And uh, Omar was coming up, and Charlie Manuel told him that uh, Seattle had their closer on. It was a, a Japanese closer. I can't remember what his Shige, name was. It Shigetoshi Hashigawa? Is that it might? No, I don't. Well, it may have been him. Yeah, I thought there was. It was. It was. Uh, I can't remember who, but Charlie said. You know this guy's gonna this guy's gonna throw you inside. You're gonna hit a triple to win this. You know to tie this thing up. You're gonna get and and Omar triples into the right field corner down the line and uh, you know and and they tie it up. 
Yeah, definitely. And that was voted uh, one of the the signature, like the, the top 25 moments in, in the history of, of Jacobs Field, Progressive Field. Yeah, I bet. I that was like the biggest comeback in Indians history, I think. Right. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. Um, so, yeah, those were, were just some of the uh, the games that were, were highlighted over this, this last couple of weeks. It, it's really kind of neat when when there's nothing else to, to put on the TV, put on to, to air on these broadcasts. Um, they, they go back into the archives and they show these things and, and really all of those sort of feelings come, come rushing back. The, the great moments, the, I mean, I, it, it, it really wouldn't kill me to, to see, I guess, game seven of the 2016 world series up until, uh, <laughs> right, right up until Rajay's home run. And then you just sort of end the broadcast there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if, I, if we I still have haven't watched over and over again. We'd be fine. Yeah, I still haven't watched the uh, the the nineteen ninety seven. I've seen bits and pieces of it, but I, I can't watch the the whole replay. You I, haven't seen uh, Jose Mesa meltdown? <laughs> I saw that. You know, I saw that, but I I can't. <laughs> I've seen you know Renteria's you know bouncer over just out of Charlie Nagy's reach, yeah. but I haven't seen the whole game. But uh, ugh. That that that's the one that got you out of out of all of them. That's yeah, the one that got, that's you the one the that got me. I I just <laughs> remember I was sitting. We were sitting down there, and I was like in a dead panic when it got to extra innings. I'm and then Roy Hewitt is sitting behind me saying, "You've got ten minutes. You know, you've got five minutes." And I'm locking up. <laughs> you don't even you don't even know if what's coming out of your fingers and your typing yeah, is English just, at that point. I was just glad it was English. Oh. It was, maybe it was, I, or it wasn't. But it was crazy. That was – it was that, just yeah. – That really is the worst feeling when they go uh, – you know, it, it happened a couple of times this past season. Uh, I remember in, in Toronto uh, there was a, a game that the Indians had had in hand and then uh, the, the Blue Jays came back and won. And you're sitting there going, well – Everything I've written so far is <laughs> useless. Just tear it up and throw it away. Uh, all right. Hey, uh, wanted to take a minute to mention subtext again. Uh, Indian subtext, it's the best way to, to get in touch with, uh, with, with Paul and, and sharing his expertise and his inside knowledge of, uh, of the Indians. Uh, and myself, I'll be contributing as well. Uh, you can uh, send a text to the following number. 216-208-4346 and it'll send you back a link uh to to sign up it's a subscription is it 3.99 a month uh, a month yeah and and you get uh access to um not only uh have conversations with Paul about the Indians uh which which are sort of invaluable and, and just sort of check in if you're if you're around the country listening and 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 want to know um some of these things, it's, it, it's a great way to, to get in touch with Paul. And, and also, uh, you have access to um, some inside knowledge, advanced knowledge about the, uh, the prospects that we've been profiling every week here um, during this uh, coronavirus shutdown. You get advanced uh, knowledge about, you know, what we're going to post about them. And also, uh, a, a great way to the only way now exclusively to get your questions answered here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast uh, will be through subtext, Indian subtext. Uh, again, 216-208-4346. Text uh, 
send a text message to that number and uh, get a reply and, and get signed up for uh, Indian subtext. Uh, Paul, give us, uh, uh, you know, one or two questions here, uh, real rapid fire ones that we can get to uh, on today's podcast. Okay. This is from uh, Patrick uh, Gerjak from Garfield Heights. He goes, hey, Hoynes, who in your opinion has been the most accessible, accessible former tribe players that you can talk to either currently playing or retired? Uh, there's, uh, Patrick, there's been a lot of them. Uh, a lot of great guys that I've covered. Um, you know, I think uh, currently, you know, I think, you know, Francisco Lindor, I think is a treat to talk to. He's always, he's always honest. He's always, you know, he never ducks a tough question. Um, uh, guys in the past, uh, you know, I love talking to uh, Julio Franco. He was one of my favorites. I love talking to uh, Ms. Drubal Cabrera. Uh, when Albert Bell talked, uh, when he wasn't swearing at me, he was okay. Uh, Carlos Baerga was always a treat. Dennis Martinez, a great guy. Uh, I know I'm forgetting like 15 to 20 guys, but, um, you know, that, that's, you know, they, they make the job fun. Yeah, they really do. And, uh, even Corey Kluber was was okay. If once you got past that, uh, I think it was a that dry facade. So he was he was good too. And Burt Blyleven, Blyleven, and Rick Sutcliffe, those guys, those guys were good good dudes. Uh, Blyleven, every time the Twins come into town, comes in and and uh, you know has something to say to you in the press box. <laughs> oh yeah, he gives me. He, he, he's always giving me a hard time because I'm always wearing jeans. You know, even when I was when I covered him on the beat, I never, I, I always really? wore jeans. So he's always all over me about that. Uh, to me, when I, I go to the park wearing jeans, that's a dress up day. What the heck? Uh, I, I, to just to piggyback on what you were saying about uh, current or more recent guys, uh, for me, Cody Allen. You want to talk about a guy who you're you're closer. The only time we're coming to talk to you as a closer. Uh, if unless it was a, a, a you know a big strikeout to end a game was if you blew it, and Cody Allen never ducked a question, and uh, and Josh Tomlin was was a guy who you know you could talk to at any time, uh, and uh, you know I, I thought he was he was fantastic as well. Uh, but right now Mike Clevenger, definitely the best interview in the locker room right now. Mike Clevenger, hands down. Yeah, de- uh, definitely. Yeah, he he's really he's a good dude. All right. Um, Hey, this is good. We're, 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 we're sort of getting into the, the, a little bit of a groove here. Uh, you know, daily podcasts here on cleveland.com. Uh, your tribe questions answered via subtext. Uh, we'll, we'll try to get to as much news as possible, but, but also do some sort of featurey stuff. Uh, we're, we're checking in with, uh, you know, on this day in tribe history, uh, you know, a, a daily sort of uh, feature post that we, we've been highlighting some of these things as the, uh, the, this, uh, this sort of shutdown continues. Uh, we're looking back and we're looking forward with, uh, you know, prospects, the top 30 prospects in, in the Indians, uh, organization, uh, that'll be ending here. Uh, hopefully we'll get through that by April 15th. Uh, and then maybe we'll have some more positive news to talk about by the, uh, by the time that that sort of feature has run its course. Definitely. Let's hope so, Joe. All right, Paul, we'll, uh, we'll hook up with you again uh, tomorrow on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Good to talk to you, and everybody stay safe. Same with you.